Welcome to the Scaling Japan podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Batino. And on today's episode, we have Goki Sawada. Goki is a co-founder of Mixer Inc. And he has a lot of experience in designing high-quality digital designs, such as websites in both English and Japanese. And for today's episode, I've invited him as a guest to talk about Japanese website design and styles and how it is different from Western styles and also how there are some similarities as well. But before we delve deeper, I would like to introduce this episode's sponsor, Engine Media. Engine Media specializes in video, photography, and social media for automotive brands, as well as other small to medium enterprises in Japan. So support the podcast and yourself by checking them out at enginemedia.com forward slash scaling and you'll discover resources that'll help you plan and execute your video marketing. That's E-N-J-I-N media.com forward slash scaling. Now back to the episode. Goki, it's nice to have you here. Could you please give a self-introduction? Hi, thanks so much for having me, Tyson. I'm really happy to be here. I am co-founder of Mixer, and we run design service for Japanese companies that provide them with various digital designs by excellent designers from all over the world. We specialize in web and software designs and also offer a wide range of other high-quality designs, including logos and flyers. Our main clients are, are domestic startups such as Web3 companies, but we also help foreign companies and that need designs to enter the Japanese market and normal Japanese companies that simply need high-quality designs. We will talk about reasons why later. Japanese designs are very unique and different from that of many other countries. And also many Japanese do not speak English, which makes it hard for many companies here to get digital designs for entering the global market. We started Mixer to help them by making global designs more accessible. I hope to provide an interesting topic on the differences between Japanese designs and foreign designs. Excellent. And I'm very happy to have you on. I have checked out your website, I have seen your designs, and I've introduced you one customer as well. Okay, <laughs> and, thanks so much. Uh, you guys have very, very high quality designs. And yeah. just for the guests, uh, before we dive in, I did want to mention one thing. It's now that it's November 2023, it's near the end of the year. And yeah. I have launched business planning course on how to make a business plan for one year. And this is the format that I use myself. And I have already come up with my 2024 plan already. And my plan for the first quarter of 2024, I've already communicated it to my team and we're getting ready for it. And so if you would like to create a great business plan and get your team aligned, I would recommend checking out my course on okay. how to make a business plan. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's dive in to talk about designs. So what are some general differences between Japanese and foreign designs when it comes to flyers, websites, and other visuals? So I think there are four major differences. The first one is the volume of information. 
and second is speed of adapting the latest trends and next one is UI UX design that takes passive users into consideration the last one is uniqueness and craziness in creative designs okay so let's take a closer look at each of these differences first the biggest difference is the amount of information Japanese designs tend to be descriptive with a lot of text and builds a lot of information into a single page. In contrast, many designs in the US and other countries tend to be more intuitive, using photos and illustrations with less information per page. And the first reason of that is I think uh, Japanese is the only official language in Japan and the literacy rate is close to 100%. So it is effective to convey information through text. On the other hand, in many foreign countries, it is not uncommon for people to speak different languages because of their mixed ethnic backgrounds. In order to communicate effectively with a large number of people in such an environment, using illustrations and photos are very helpful and in terms of text unnecessary elements should be removed to present only what is truly important and another reason is that we japanese have a strong aversion to failure in other words we are more inclined than in other countries to read and understand explanations carefully before taking actions such as purchases and contracts this may be due to the fact that Japan has long been prone to earthquakes and other natural disasters. Yeah, I think because it does make sense in a way that if you're creating content in English, it's not like if I was creating like a software platform and I was selling it online and yeah, it wouldn't only be Americans seeing it, it would be people from all around the world. <laughs> so sometimes uh, simplicity could help for yeah, communicating yeah. that message. Other one is, I think storytelling is important in Japan. But I think in the Western case, it's, I think they really want people to imagine mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, what their ideal self would be. So a lot of times they don't put a lot of information because it's, they want the person to imagine, visualize mm-hmm. themselves in that situation. Whereas in Japan, a lot of the users, they really want mm-hmm. to know if it's okay. meets their requirement. So I'll say Japan is maybe more analytical. Yeah, uh, we really want to know what the service or what the product is. Yeah, and after uh, we know about the product or service a lot, yeah, we can decide if we purchase or contract or something. Yeah, so explanation think, is really important. Yeah, because I think Japanese are less impulsive. Of course, there are many impulsive Japanese people who are quick to get angry or quick to be emotional, but. I would say compared to at least Americans and Europeans, let's say less likely to get emotional very quickly. I think so. Yeah, so our temptation is really weak. So yeah, I'm lucky. I like to take action. I like to be quick, go quick and break things. But I'm very lucky that my Japanese wife is the opposite. And she'll ask me questions and like, yeah, I should think about it more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so yeah, next. Okay, so next is speed of adopting the latest trends. Japan is slower than other countries in adopting new design trends and methods. It has been said that the Japanese designs are outdated. Although gradually we are getting faster to adopt design trends, I think it is still a few years behind. For example, 
The dark theme has been widely used in many other countries for some time, but it has only recently been adopted in Japan. And I think there are two reasons for this. One is that the number of Japanese who speak English is still very small. And another is that many Japanese people hate to take risks. I can say Japan is geographically separated from other countries by an ocean. And at the same time, linguistically separated, as many of us can only use Japanese. And since many design trends are often transmitted from the US and Europe with English or other languages, we tend to lag behind in catching up with the latest information. I mentioned earlier that Japanese tend to have an extreme aversion to take risks and failure, which also means that we Japanese are averse to change. For example, when it comes to legal reform, Japan tend to wait until the last minute to see what other countries do rather than taking an initiative ourselves. I think Japan is only developed country isolated geographically and also linguistically. This game gives us unique culture and customs, and for better or worse, a lag behind globalization. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, things have relaxed quite a bit since 80s and 90s and even 2000s, but still, yeah, you're the one who makes the change and yeah. you sign off on it. And let's say everyone else is, we don't want to change, but then you yeah, push yeah. for it. You're risking a lot, or you're risking a lot more in Japan versus another country. So, yeah, I can understand why a person may want to wait till the last minute. Yeah, to yeah, make yeah. a decision. And I guess how I like to say it is learn from the mistakes of others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Japanese like that. So the third difference is the curiosity of UI, UX, which is particularly noticeable in software design. And Japanese users seem to be more passive than users in other countries. So a concrete example is that online market mobile app Mercari. Although there are some changes now, the UI of the main screen in that of the US and the UK is designed with a large search window, while the Japanese UI highlighted a list of products. And the search window was displayed by tapping a search button. In other words, foreign designs facilitate users to search for products on their own, while Japanese designs allow users to browse products passively. Globalization has made less differences, but I believe that this tendency, Japanese UX design that takes passive users into consideration, is still remains. That is interesting. And why do you think Japanese people prefer such a UI UX? Okay, so yeah, I'm not sure the exact reason, but perhaps because uh, one of our values of respect for others has been derived and a culture of hospitality has emerged in which the business side treats its customers very carefully and customers have got accustomed to being treated in that way. I don't think there are any other countries where customers are treated as well as in Japan. Yeah, I think uh, my experience is at least with, you know, like shopping in Japan, a lot of yeah. it seems to be like a guided experience, like from the first yeah. place you enter and let's say also things like osusume or what your recommended yeah. list <laughs> yeah and i don't know I, i'm not sure what the case but my guess is 
it could be similar to, you know, like the seasons where in different seasons, you enjoy different things. And yeah. a lot of times it's people just guiding you what to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That is interesting that kind of like that passive experience as opposed to maybe the US or UK where it's focusing yeah. on you searching as opposed to recommendations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we are changing. And I think Japanese Marukari UI UX and other countries UX is getting closer, but I think still that tendency exists. Fourth and final difference is the unique and crazy creatives. In Japan, you will find some website with really unique visual and crazy commercial movies such as Cup Noodles one. I think such crazy and interesting creatives are rarely seen in other countries. And I think the unique Japanese sensibility nurtured by the island culture might be amplified and expressed as a result of being suppressed within the individual while respecting others too much. I wanted to give another big shout out to our supporter Engine Media. If you're aiming to elevate your video marketing and enhance your presence on social media, Engine Media is your go-to partner. Engine Media understands that compelling visuals and impactful messages are key to influencing your customers' purchasing decisions. They're utilizing a groundbreaking technology crafted by a neuroscientist to help craft content that deeply connects with your audience. So reach out to E-N-J-I-N media forward slash scaling today. Now back to the episode. Mm. And uh, what are some unique elements of web or visual design depending on the industry? It's difficult to pinpoint elements that are unique to each industry. However, I believe the type of design that gains acceptance will differ based on the age of the target audience. For younger audience, intuitive designs with illustrations and photos are very, are very likely to be more popular than sites with a lot of information. This is because we, especially younger generations, are losing concentration and an interest in reading text. On the other hand, learning pages targeting people in their 30s and older with a lot of text and content in a single page are still effective. Such long pages may seem very strange to foreigners though. Cool. And next, uh, what I think I'll try to do is, so for the listeners, uh, we're going to attempt to go through some Japanese websites and get some feedback and some thoughts from Goki on why he think it's an interesting or good website. And okay. I think the first one is, I think it's the, the Baby Star Ramen. So let me uh, share my screen. So those listening on audio, uh, hopefully we're going to have this on the YouTube version, which we'll have a link to in the show notes. And so, yeah, Goki, I'll pass it to you. So, yeah. So what are some great okay. examples of websites in Japan and uh, why do you think they're great? Okay. So the first one is, as Tyson mentioned, collaboration site between a famous Japanese snack called Baby Star Ramen and a para brand called Freak Store. That's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> the visual is unique, lively, and beautiful, which is impressive. Yeah. The design is consistent across both mobile and computer, making implementation more efficient and time-saving. 
If you view this site on, the, on your computer, you will notice only the center part can be scrolled. Now, websites uh, with this kind of style are becoming more and more popular recently in Japan. The other unique and interesting design is the official website of a popular character called Opanchi Usagi. Actually, the character itself is really unique and crazy at first, but the website design is just as crazy and interesting to look at. So what is this character? Actually, I don't know, but it's really popular in Japan. I think, yeah, popular among young generations. Uh, this concept is a uh, rabbit and that is wearing pants. Yeah, very crazy. So this is the official homepage of the character. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. See their website as well. Color is really vivid and font is really unique. Gotcha. Yeah, that is kind of unique. Like the buttons are pretty unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cute. So it has its own kind of original style and theme. Any other thoughts about like why this would be a good design for Japanese, either for the e-commerce site or the main site? Mm, I actually both. I think it's really mm, unique to Japan. So I think you can't find this kind of website in other countries. Yeah, the first one is visual, very unique. And it has real. It reflects the concept of this character well. That's why I think this is a good example. Gotcha. So I think from my end, I think it's I think the humor. There's some humor in how the, the copywriting. Uh, also, <laughs> like the logo, it's kind of like a seems like an original font. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is the font is really unique. And uh, I also like, you know, in this case, like they use a variety of character styles. So you have the rabbit, the bear, uh, yeah. the, the green one. And I think there's a variety of design types. And like, you know, the shapes are different too. So uh, I think different ones will appeal to different types of people. I think that's something common I see when Japanese character as well. They try to make yeah. kind of like different colors and shapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cute as well. So, yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I think it gives users a yeah, good experience. Yeah, it's, I think it keeps you on the web page for a long time, too. Okay, and I think there's one more. Okay, so for a B2B website, I always refer to the service site of a digital marketing tool called AI Analyst. It has very neat and friendly visual using cool Japanese font and also focusing on performance very much, doing frequent and continuous improvement such as A-B testing. And yeah, they also use the common style of right from the beginning, it's uh, or how many people they've helped or like what is their awards. And these yeah, are the yeah, two features. Yeah. just like uh, so more than 38,000 sites have introduced their software. And I think, let's say, 12,000 sites improved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we Japanese are anxious about the performance. If it's really efficient or if it's really helpful, that's why we need proof. Yeah. So, I mean, like for startups, we often call it the one-liner. And I find that in uh, modern B2B websites, they do use the one-liner. In this case, it would be the title. This is what we do. And this is 
the one-liner like kind of like what we do or what's kind of unique about us and i think yeah. another uh, website is this one too it's similar format where yeah, it's yeah. uh this is what we do these are the results we've gotten so yeah yeah this one is uh partnerships i think it manages like uh b2b partnerships we reduce operation cost by 90 percent and we get you 214 percent more leads mm. kind of is a similar yeah, most of the website b2b website in japan is something like this cool anything else about the website yeah so i think it's interesting this uh hero section have contact form i think this is uh kind of rare yeah yeah i think so too i think it is a bit rare as well but i think they executed many times of testing a b testing or something and they decided oh, right. to yeah go for this style. And I think this style works like uh, rather in this case, it's uh in this case they're trying to get you to download the materials. Whereas in uh, this case, uh they actually want they'll do a free analysis for you. For me, yeah. that kind of makes sense since it is an analytics and uh, yeah, yeah. a diagnosis uh software, they want to show you the power immediately. So get you to use it, then you'll see the value. So I guess for other, yeah, B2B, like what your company does, I guess other services or features, contact us now, free. Yeah, this is standard too, where you go into the features. Displaying actual UI is really effective to Japanese. And just, just for the listeners, I do provide a lot of advice to foreign companies on a B2B websites in Japan. But yeah, this is very common. It's uh, showing the, the UI. And uh, any other thoughts on the website? Uh, yeah, Don Yujire is case study. I think uh, in Japan, a lot of websites has this section. Every SaaS company that's probably done a Series A or higher definitely mm -hmm. has this case study section. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is another one, yeah. Let's say this is kind of common to what industries you can help. And this is also very common in Japan. A lot of B2B softwares, they do, uh, let's say, webinars. So webinars is very common in Japan. Yeah. And there's a common style of banner design or featured image design. And I'll say and this, this is, is definitely also, not in a Western, but yeah, I'll let Goki. Uh, this section, uh, company information is really important, I think, especially for B2B website. Clients will definitely need company information yeah, so that uh, it's really a good company or if they were related to Yakuza or something. Yeah. <laughs> For B2B website, a company information is really uh, required. Yeah. And I think the key points is one is actually they're kind of clever because I didn't realize the W A C U L is actually Wakaru, which means to understand. So yeah, that's a clever is. name for, uh, let's say, an analytics platform. Uh, the second one is the address. So people actually, they do actually check where your address is. You know, if you're in an actual office building or not, and uh, what yeah, part yeah. of Tokyo you're in as well, because that does matter. A uh, year created, uh, the amount of capital. So that's uh, important too. If yours is uh, 1 million yen, doesn't look so good, but usually it's standard to have 5 million yen. Uh, in this case, because they're venture backed, it's 500 million yen. But uh, 
standard is the five million for your capital. And one other unique point is people they do put the directors and like the CEO on the here. And I think people in Japan actually check you out. They'll actually copy and paste and search for you. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And I'll do the other one too in Japan too. Usually sometimes people do like the call, so putting your phone number. Or at least in B2C, uh always putting your phone number. People more people than you think actually like to call. So cool. That's so hopefully the video comes out good, but we just analyzed kind of two B2C sites and one B2B site. And so I guess my next question would be regarding design, but do minimalist designs work well in Japan? Okay. Yeah, I think it will work well depending on the product, brand concept, and customer persona. For example, you can often see minimalist design websites for high-end apparel brands. Uh, this is because the viewer of the site is likely to already know the brand and clutter designs and destroys the brand image. If your brand or product has a strong concept and needs a sophisticated design to express it, it is a very good choice to use minimalist design. But generally speaking, I would say designs with a certain amount of information that is clear and easy to understand are safer. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. And I know some high-end, you mentioned high-end apparel brands, and I've also noticed some high-end restaurants. Okay. So if the target audience or customers are rich person or and the brand concept is really minimal or sophisticated, mm. yeah, it will work. Yeah, I think that was the key word you said. I think if it looks sophisticated. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Scaling Japan. In addition to serving as your fine host, I also provide advisory and coaching services to business owners who want to 2x, 5x, and even 10x their business. So stop holding your company and your team and your employees back and let me help you and your company scale. Find more information at scalingyourcompany.com. Now back to the episode. And uh, are there differences when it comes to copywriting? Yeah, I think so. Talking about the difference between Japanese and foreign languages, Japanese tend to prefer indirect expressions, while many foreigners prefer to communicate in a straightforward way. We value meanings hidden outside of the words which may be related to the Japanese culture, wabi-sabi. And this tendency can also be seen in the differences in copywriting between Japan and other countries. Okay, so, for example, one of J.R. Tokai's copy is Soda Kyoto Iko. And it means, oh, I'm gonna go to Kyoto. But I think this expression is euphemistic for foreign people. JR Tokai is the railroad company for the Tokai region in Japan, and that is some distance from Kyoto. And the copywriting is a roundabout way of expressing that Shinkansen is so fast and convenient that you can easily get to Kyoto from the Tokai region spontaneously. Such euphemistic copywriting may also exist in other countries, but I think it is more common in Japan. 
Gotcha. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Like the indirect, I think it's the, the subtleness is cleverness. Yeah, it's really euphemistic. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other examples, but nothing comes to mind right now. But I do get what you mean, and I've seen it done before. And I think you gave a travel example. I think I've seen it used a lot in travel and maybe food and beverage, like traditional food and beverage. So next, uh, I guess regarding logos, are there any differences when it comes to creating logos? Okay, so in conclusion, I would say there are currently no major differences between global and Japanese, Japanese logos. If I may say so, it seems that many logos in Japan use the red color, which easily reminds you of our national flag, the Hinomaru. This can be seen not only in older companies, but also even in new startup companies. Mm. In addition, when comparing large companies, it appears that the logos of US companies tend to be mainly icons or a combination of icons and letters, while those of Japanese company tend to be only letters. However, using icons is getting more common in Japan as well. This is because devices are becoming smaller and smaller, and logos with only text are less visible on small devices. Now that we're coming to the end of the episode, I was trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to ask or say about websites. In my case too, so uh, Goki does very high quality designs. Uh, for my marketing agency, we do good enough designs. <laughs> and uh, But one thought I did have is uh, I would always try to use pictures of people for like a B2B or when it's really about uh, an interpersonal connection, even for B2C where there's really like an interpersonal connection. I do recommend using photos of people. The reason I say that is uh, when you think of Japan, you think anime, you think character designs. And there's a lot of websites that do use character designs, like the example we showed, which is a character. But let's say if you're selling language lessons or if you're a gym or if you are uh, like a kid swimming school, uh, even though Japan loves anime cute things. I would highly recommend using images of people. And in my experience, that tends to work very well for design. I think so. There are many services that offer uh, people pictures in Japan. So you can find some service, photo service, yeah, easily. So yeah, I recommend too to use uh, people photo. Or something yeah i think if you check like lancers or i think coco coco nala c-o-c-o-n-a-l-a -A, you can get a photographer a good decent photographer for 20 30 000 yen if you're in a maybe it might cost a little bit more but yeah you could potentially get some for 20 30 000 to just come in and take photos for an hour they won't edit it for you but just to get the high quality images and so I think that would be yeah. my one, th that would be a big thought for the, the website. And I think another one too is, uh, I mean, I think they do it in the US, but showing off your Instagram in your website is another common tactic I've seen as well. 
And I think another one that's kind of different is, or you might have in the US, like maybe like WhatsApp, maybe, but in Japan, I've seen my clients as well. They have like, you can contact them online through the website. But usually I recommend uh, having the phone number line, line, depending if it's, uh, honestly, for men, maybe not line, but if you're targeting women, line could be a good communication channel. And I think more people would be willing to contact you online rather than a chat bot. Cool. But those are just some of my uh, thoughts on uh, web design that uh, I think we didn't cover today. Thank you so much, Goki, for sharing your expertise on Japanese web design with us today. And could you tell us your company name again and where people can find you on the internet? Uh, our company is called Mixer. And you can find uh, on the internet by searching Mixer. Or sometimes we promote by social media advertisement. Yeah, but I think yeah, the best way to, to reach us out is to search by go- on Google or Yahoo. Okay, we will have a link to your website and LinkedIn as well. And I've personally looked at the designs that they've made and a very high quality. And I've introduced them to clients who wanted uh, really just they wanted the top modern high quality designs and they can do it in English and Japanese. Uh, Thank you so much, Koki. (laughs) Thanks so much.